coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida. Welcome to the Paper Stack Podcast, where we cover current topics in the note industry, give you tactics for your note business, and talk with industry leaders to make you a better note investor. And now, your hosts, Brett Berkey and Rick Allen. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Paper Stack Podcast. This episode, we have something very special for you. We are bringing out Mid-year market report. Mid-year market report that we did in conjunction with Notes Direct. Paperstack will still be releasing their own market report shortly, which will go into a more granular level. But we're really excited for this this report uh, that we're about to put out there. It's yeah, this is something that Rick and Bob, Bob Blue Pass over at Notes Direct, have been working on for a while. It's, it's a good thing for coming together in the industry and compiling the data yeah. as a whole. And it's pretty eye-opening to what's out there. So... We just wanted to share it with everyone and first say thank you to Bob. Yeah, we, uh, Bob and I, we started collaborating probably three weeks ago on this and compiling data, analyzing it, comparing notes. We figured, you know what? This is good. We need to put this into a white paper, share this and really set a benchmark. Okay, this is what happened the first half of the year, including COVID. Let's see how the market reacts to the next half of the year with the pandemic that's going on and the election and just in in general. And there was some pretty interesting conclusions. I'm going to do another one of these when? The end of the... Yeah. Beginning of next year? Yeah, beginning of the year. We'll do another one and kind of then recap and be able to look at, okay, we benchmarked it mid-year. Let's look at how the market reacted and see, compare and contrast what happened the latter half of the year and draw our own conclusions and really set another benchmark and say, okay, it's interesting to see what happens and see one thing's for sure. One thing stood out to me above all, the in, an investor's appetite for passive investments, mm. buying performing loans, it's very healthy. Yeah. <laughs> it's very healthy. There are yeah. quite a few people out there buying performing assets, flying off the shelves. And now I'm seeing stuff from the non-performing side start to go. Had somebody come onto the platform and ask if they could buy the entire portfolio of non-performing stuff. So That's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. But I guess it's just one of those things where people are buying performing assets because especially what we saw a little bit was people got a little hesitant, right? When everything's going down, people didn't know what was going to happen. And they were halfway through transactions on performing assets and they were scared that they were going to default. Right. Yeah. But there's something to be said that once you've actually gotten through and your borrower in there has been able to make it sure, through, yeah. through COVID huge. and showing their, their good faith of making the payments or do working with the person, they're the seller or the lender, those performing notes just look that much hotter now because it's like, wow, they were given a, a crap sandwich and they made it through it. And now yeah. on the other side, they're still doing well. So I think that's what at least performing notes. Let's dive into the numbers though. Let's talk about it. Yeah. So some, we did around 260 different transactions. And again, touching on what you were saying, almost 90% of those Performing. performing loans. There's no question about it. Performing loans are hot. People love them. Seven, seven and a half million dollars was deployed. They're just private capital. Yeah. And explain private capital. So that is not meaning that somebody is a hedge fund. This is meaning that this is my IRA or is that what Yeah. That like IRA money, self 401k, their own stuff. It's not really institutional capital. Hedge fund, though we do have institutional guys on the platform. And that's right. Uh, we have some people that are, that they get their money from the Fed. Yeah. So there are some of those big buyers out there. So it's out there, but it's just astonishing. This seven, almost $7.6 million ran through the platforms. And that's in 
Five, five months? Buzz five, yeah, it was about five and a half months, six months. The average purchase price on there was just over 29000 So that's a lot of... That's a yeah. lot of stuff ripping through the platform. And we, you can look at it, the average UPB or average purchase price to UPB was around 74%. So there's a pretty good discount there, mm -hmm. 20 on 26% discounts. This is, this is an interesting thing. The average investment to value was 40.75%, so almost 41%. You would expect that, right? What's been going on in the real estate market the past two years, three years? It's been going up. It's in, on fire. It's on fire. So that's understandable that the market's gone up. If the values go up, it means the investment to value goes down. So it makes it, it makes sense. One of the things you mentioned, Sidra. Yep. 51 of the transactions were funded with self-directed IRA stuff. Yeah, not, that number. I think that number's skewed a little bit. I think that number is lower than it should be. Yeah, a lot of people will come on the platform and use their Sidra, but they won't use the integration. So we don't track it but i know they're happening there's one happening today but it's with equity trust and they're not i'm looking at what's in, in closing right now and there's i think there's four in closing that are revolving around software so that number's off for sure i think it's probably closer to the between 75 and 100 so probably 50 percent of the transactions yeah we're hit with the self-directed ira that'll be tightened up by the next go around we'll have a better yeah better metric measure. better metric but average time to close 19.4 Days. 19.4 four days. That's pretty good. Um, that close. So explain the close because this one can also be skewed funky. Where yeah. it's like, you know, hey, I made my offer and then they get it. Some people get in closings and they do their due diligence. Uh, yeah. What, but if you have it from the actual time of we signed the PSA and we ran through this thing, 19 days seems very long. It's probably down around the, I would say, 10 to 14 days, somewhere in there. It's two weeks is roughly the time. From if it's wiring, everything like that. Yeah. I've seen stuff go through, do, you know, if they're not doing escrow, they're not doing collateral audit in three or four hours. Yeah. So those are the fun ones. Oh, was it? What just went by there? Was that a transaction? <laughs> like, that that one was in closing and then it was not in closing. What happened? Oh, it's done. It's done. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff is moving along. That's pretty quick. We had 131 Dude. different buyers in there, which is pretty in impressive. And 47 different sellers. sellers. There's a lot of different people coming and going and that's, we're approaching 6,000 users. Somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. So there's a lot of people doing the looking. There's a lot of people just coming in. There's a lot of people who are just looking and seeing what's going on. Are you new to the mortgage note industry? Have you been wanting to learn the step-by-step -step process to purchase your first mortgage note? Well, you're in luck. We've convinced our CEO, Rick Allen, to break down everything he knows about mortgage note investing. Through a series of 50 videos, you'll get everything from start to finish of where to purchase notes, how to purchase notes, and all of Rick's investing techniques he has developed over the many years. From performing note tactics to non-performing notes, Rick gives you everything he knows about investing. Bonuses include our glossary of industry terms, Rick's own proprietary calculators he created to evaluate notes, discounts from our partners, our Rolodex of vendors, a private Facebook group, along with a lot more. We've packed so much content into the Academy to take you from beginner to expert in no time. To learn more about the Academy, go to academy.paperstack.com slash welcome. Again, that is academy.paperstack.com slash welcome. Yeah, I had someone I talked to yesterday. 
sometime in the recent history, was it, I was like, so how'd you find this? I'm like, oh, I've been waiting, poking around. And I was like, I was like, so what, what happened? He's like, this one's the one. And I was like, okay, okay. Yeah. So they're there. They're looking. They're just not always buying. Some people, one guy's, oh, yeah. I was like, hey, well, it was nice to see you again. Because I hadn't seen him for a while. He bought a couple. I was like, where you been? He's like, I had to wait to get more money. But once he got more money, he's yeah. back on the platform. He's buying another one. So oh, cool, man. Yeah, it's that's there's they're coming and going. Speaking of coming and going. Are you new to the mortgage note industry? Have you been wanting to learn the step-by-step process to purchase your first mortgage note? Well, you're in luck. We've convinced our CEO, Rick Allen, to break down everything he knows about mortgage note investing. Through a series of 50 videos, you'll get everything from start to finish of where to purchase notes, how to purchase notes, and all of Rick's investing techniques he has developed over the many years. From performing note tactics to non-performing notes, Rick gives you everything he knows about investing. Bonuses include our glossary of industry terms, Rick's own proprietary calculators he created to evaluate notes, discounts from our partners, our Rolodex of vendors, a private Facebook group, along with a lot more. We've packed so much content into the Academy to take you from beginner to expert in no time. To learn more about the Academy, go to academy.paperstack.com slash welcome. Again, that is academy.paperstack.com slash welcome. Only 27% of the transactions that happened, they kept servicing in place. Only 27%. Yeah. That's crazy. So 73% of the transactions, they the person that was buying it transferred servicing to a different servicing company. Yeah. And then that makes sense. Because a lot of people have their own servicing setup. They do. They all have their own servicing setup. But I don't know. You would think that if you got a performing asset. Oh, yeah. That's the weird thing. You got too. a performing asset. It's like a calm pond. Yeah. Right? The pond, there's not throw, a lot on it. Throw a boulder you in throw it. throw a boulder in it. And it's like, it'll calm down eventually. But you got a seller who's paying. Don't upset the apple cart. Yeah. Yeah. So that's crazy. I expect that number is probably going to change next year. I think the servicing, the Playing field's getting leveled. And we had, wow, we probably had almost a dozen different servicers on there, but there was a few names that just, you just couldn't help but see, man, these people allied. Uh, Um, Yeah, FCI, obviously, they're a behemoth. SN, Madison, NAM. So there was National Asset Managed Mortgage, National Asset Mortgage, NAM. I don't know. (laughs) Whatever. Hey, what's his name? The guy that runs it? I don't know. Oh, yeah. We met him at at Node Expo. In Node Expo. Yeah. He introduced me to Narage. Um, Anyways, yeah. So we got a lot of different services on there, but I expect some changes that we'll see is that people are going to start keeping servicing in their place if they're performing loans. So that was of a shock. A lot of times, too, the 27% is usually, at least when people ask me, because there's a lot of first time buyers on Paperstack, I always tell them, look, if it's, you don't have a preference to a servicer, just keep it where it's at. And a lot of times they're like, oh, okay, that's good. The servicers like it too. They're like, they don't lose the asset and they gain a new client. So it's a great way for us to at least not say, hey, go with this one or that one. But if it's, which one of you, and this is your first note, just yeah. leave it there. Yeah, for sure. And I think, I think these numbers for paper stack, for sure, at least, I think SN is the one who has the tightest integration with us in that if you're a seller on the platform, they send us nightly data dumps. We have a lot of assets from our sister company, MWM Fund, that has assets listed for sale on the platform. And one of the reasons that I love it is because I can, I don't have to do anything. Yeah. Every night they send a spreadsheet 
it updates all my listings. So if the UPB changes, if the most recent paid day changes, anything in there that has to do with the numbers, interest rate, maturity date, all that stuff, it's updated nightly. So all the numbers there are, are accurate. Pay history is, our, is imported automatically. So you don't have to do anything. So we're hoping that some of the other servicers are going to, they're going to work on. I know we're talking to several of them with a tighter integration. If your servicer out there is an SN and you want a little bit tighter integration, just get with them. Say, we'd love for you to integrate with Paperstack and we can point you in the right direction. It's super easy to do. It's just a cron job. It's a cron job, which is nerdy stuff or just basically a bunch yeah. of data dumps. Yeah. Bunch of data dumps. This is interesting here. The, we had loans were sold in 29 different states. The top three states, hold on, see if you can think about what they are. We'll wait a second. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. No. The top three states, Ohio, Michigan, and Texas. Yeah. So those were the big winners there on how many, the top three states with the most assets. I yeah. Just, I would imagine a lot of stuff in the Midwest there is going to be like Illinois. I have to think that place has got... Yeah, Illinois, and then I'm trying to think of some other states there that I see a lot of. I guess that's, that makes sense. A lot of stuff's in Texas. Yeah, a lot of Texas is. It's big. Look out, you can see the side of it. It's yeah, big. It's a big state. Yeah, that's uh, some of the interesting things we saw there. It was just interesting to see that. What's some other things that, that you found interesting with what we had and saw? I don't know. Some of the data that before we had it, compiled it with this, some of the, our other data is, is going to be interesting to show later. Just more of the granular stuff. This was a and my it's a really good overview and a great look at different data that we in our pre, when we did it previously we didn't cover the servicing thing that's really interesting to know self yeah. inventory is really interesting to know the amount of sellers is really interesting to know kind of gives you a lay of the land like how many are on these platforms that's nice that's nice data what do you think for so some of the stuff that we're going to cover in the in paper stacks mid year market report which within the next couple of weeks will be out will be Looking at escrow and audit. Yeah. So that's some of the big stuff out there. And then drilling down into what are the performing assets specifically selling at? What discount? We just break up performing and non-performing and dive a little, get a, more, a little more granular. But also we'll divide it up into firsts and seconds because. Yeah, yeah that helps out a lot. Because we have a lot of seconds on the platform. It also helps too. I have a seller I was talking to yesterday and he's like, what sells better? I'm like, glad you asked. And so I can tell him that with this data, I can say it's performing notes. Sure. And performing. I can say what's it selling at. It just helps my job to be that much easier because mm -hmm. it's like, I got a second. What should I list it at? I can say, look, you can list it at whatever you want, but this is where it's selling. Or I got a non-performing mm -hmm. first. Same thing. You can list whatever you want, but here's where the people are buying. So list it there. And if it's a good one, they'll have a chance of selling it. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, it's actually, uh, it's neat data to have for the industry, but for me, it's a, like a sales tool. Yeah. That's because like, then I can use it. Yeah. That's some interesting stuff. Anything interesting you want to talk about coming up? Coming up, we're about to go back into the hole. Mike's about to. Yeah. So the last thing we have to touch on is the listings page. Oh yeah. That we're, we're fixing the listings page to where you can start listing your assets. It's, it's a little confusing right now. We're adjusting that. And then it's right into breaking out closings. Yeah. That'll be neat. That'll That's take, huge. That'll take us to probably in October. Yep. Probably right up into the virtual or Node Expo. Virtual. Node Expo. Yeah. But what that means is when you're able to break out a closing, just think you as a seller, you find a buyer, wherever, Facebook, whatever, anywhere. They say, hey, I like the note. Let's do it. 
say, all right, cool. You order up a closing. It's a flat fee. Boom, quarter to closing. Invite your buyer. They, you can, would you do generate all the documents for you? Can just you have, like a paper stack closing is now. It's just the negotiations phase isn't there basically to where. Yeah, yeah basically. It's basically if you say, look, I'm the buyer. I've got the seller. We just want to use your communications and your everything. This is the closing process. That's all there. That work for if you are a broker that's doing it like a one off. Oh, you know, for sure. It's going to be huge for the brokers. Brokers that are actually trying to do that. You can actually order it up and you can invite the seller and the, seller and the buyer. You could actually probably facilitate the entire deal with whichever party needs to be. But then, the, and then, and do it all that way. It's going to be neat for that. It's going to be neat when we break out. It's going to be like a la carte. At least I don't know if this isn't the first iteration where you'll be able to break out escrow, break out things yeah, like that. Yeah, a la carte items and pricing, a la carte pricing too. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. And then we'll be focusing on our our due diligence. Yeah. That's so exciting. That's going to be cool because you'll be able to order all your BPOs, O&Es right from the platform, click a button, order it from a transaction or order it from just a separate marketplace. Maybe you just want to use Paperstack to buy your stuff because it's easy. You want to have a Paperstack account. You don't want to deal with different vendors. But we're going to be setting up relationships with multiple vendors. So you don't have to. You can have just a relationship with us. We'll set the relationships up with the other vendors. Mm -hmm. That allows you to pick and choose who you want to use. Anyways, if you're in a transaction and you order it, it comes back with the data's return. It comes back right into your transaction. So everything is categorized, classified. It's all right there, organized, which is great. We It's one of those things where we personally, I personally use that to go back and find stuff, like on closed transactions. So it's, I love it having it attached to the transaction. And so cool. I got to give a shout out to Bobby Quinn at Enhance. I just spoke with him. He just completed his first drone imaging. So as a note investor, Bobby's got a platform called Enhance where you can go order drone imagery and he contracts it out, goes, somebody goes real time that day, goes and gets you live drone imagery. You can look up top of the house, aerial know. stuff, cool. right in front of the house. And we're going to be doing that to all other borrowers every week. No, we'll be doing, we'll be offering that. Yeah. On the platform. Really? Where, yeah. That's oh, going to cool. be something I just got off phone with him before we started recording this. And I was talking with him and he's just exploding right now. Just he, jumping into Y Combinator. He's oh, going to Yeah. He was jumping on a uh, phone call with Y Combinator. He's oh, like, wow. Which is cool because he's been, man, he has been fighting tooth and nail on this for a long time. Yeah. And we're entrepreneurs. So yeah. we've been Sympathy. I've been in his oh, shoes, man. Yeah. I know what he's going through. Super happy for him. That's cool, man. But yeah, we're going to be sending, I'm going to be sending some stuff through him. That's cool. Yeah. So that'll be a great addition. Yeah. We're talking about a lot of the different vendors and for all different products. And yeah, we want to make it like a complete marketplace. So bag. I'm sure bag. everyone knows bag. Diggy Baldwin. Yeah. He's going to be able to supply stuff through the platform and be one of the, one of the vendors that'll be out there putting it out. So that's, we're really excited. Uh, so it's going to be all the different products you might need. So just make that list. Rio. Oh yeah. That's late, later. I know. Later, like it's, it's hopefully this year. Yeah. Yeah. It won't be. This year will fly by. The fall comes and y'all get ready for football yeah. season. And it's really, it's rocket ship now. Yeah. That's, that's it. Check out the Vineyard. market report. We'll be doing more of these podcasts. Like always trying to knock one once a week. Mm -hmm. The last one got screwed up because the Maria ran out of space. Ran right out of space. We recorded like, oh, come it. Come on. Yeah, we were in there. It was good. We're golden. We thought we were on our way. And then it was like, wah, wah, wah. Yeah, so. that sucks. But whatever. As long as we keep going, keep coming up with stuff, 
But if you got a topic that you want us to cover, you can always reach out to us and say, I like it if you talk about this and then we'll go into it and if it's no related, they'll go into it. If it's, yeah, I don't, I don't know what I can cover. I'm just here for banter. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, I almost want to tell the story about my son, what he did with the pressure, with the pressure washer. Yeah, that's pretty cool. You should tell it. So my Brett let me borrow his pressure washer where we live in the same neighborhood. I was like, look, I got to hit some, do the sidewalks a little bit. He's like, here, borrow my pressure washer. So we're at the house and I have, a, I have three kids, but my oldest is 11. And we're sitting there at the house and he was just almost bored. And I was like, you should go across the street and see if they want you to pressure wash their driveway for 35, 40 bucks. And he's like, okay. And he walks off. And two minutes later, he comes back with a wad of cash. He said, they said yes. And I was like, oh man, I was busy, but here. So he goes set up the pressure washer. He does that job. And then he winds up doing a job around the corner. And then he's out doing, he picked up another job. He's doing it two days later and three people walk up and like, can you come do my house house? Fast forward, the kids made like 500 bucks. He just went and bought his own pressure washer. Yeah. So I was like- It's in his blood. I told him, I was like, that's so smart to buy the pressure washer because we got obviously can't use Brett's forever. Though Brett, he probably would let us. Yeah. But anyways, he bought his own pressure washer. I'm so proud of him. And now he's out there doing his own thing. And it's like, he's 11 years old. Yeah. So should we tell him the cool thing we're going to do when he does my driveway? We're going to record video. So we got all the video equipment. So we got the lapels, we got the lights. And so I was like, we could really make a story and I'll make it like in slow-mo, like this video. And then we're going to just put it into an advertisement inside of next door. Yeah. And just advertise and talk about the story and really sell it. And then the neighborhood, if you need your pressure, driveway pressure wash, deal with this young boy that's strapping entrepreneur. He's going to be so busy. He's going to hate me. Yeah. <laughs> but then that, what, the best part is in, he puts him on a, an email, hey, every six months. Yep. You're going to get an email. I said, look, if you want to get, build the business, you just say, hey, you may put you on the rotation in six months to come do it again. Yep. So that means you only have to bust your nuts, bust your butt for six months. And then you've got a year's worth of work. Year's worth so. of work. Do it through text message marketing. Yeah. Get them on the list. We got He's him. got a job every, done every week. Me yeah. buying notes soon. And that's right. That'd be cool, man. So. Anyways, I think that's it. Wraps it up. Yeah. yeah it's a short one. But we'll, we'll catch you on the flip side. Don't forget to catch Ask Paper Stack and the Paper Stack updates. We have a new one out by Mike McClain. Oh, it's good. Yeah, he makes our production look so bad. I know, crap. He's like just unreal. Like a, I feel like we're shooting on a Polaroid. Yeah, every... make sure you like it. Subscribe. I think that's what you're supposed to say. Smash that subscribe button. Do that if you like it. Downloads help us out. So That's true. That's true. But yeah, check those out. And then if you have questions, Ask Paper Stack. Sound yeah, good. Put them over there. But yeah, until next time. See ya. See ya.